This is a trigger warning that the following podcast talks about eating disorders. Please see the show notes for resources if you are affected or triggered. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. By this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Eat with Ali podcast. I truly love recording these podcasts. It's only episode three, but I'm really enjoying it because I get to share what I know and hopefully help you guys. And I've also had a few listeners from around the world, which is so cool. So shout out to all of you. I've had people from like Egypt, Spain, Netherlands, Austria, Belgium, Slovakia, Israel, Peru, Romania, South Africa, Denmark, Egypt. I think I said Egypt, but the list is going on and it's so exciting. And I'm just really glad that I get to try to help you and tell you what I wish I knew when I was struggling. So sending love to you all. So for today's episode, I'm going to talk about the ways that my eating disorder affected my life. So I'll pretty much go over like my physical symptoms, my behavioral symptoms and just overall how it made me feel and which places in my life that it affected. I hope that if you can relate to any of these symptoms or factors that I mentioned that you know that you're not alone first of all and that you can also try to I guess hear it from someone else that these aren't really great things like these were all unhealthy things that I went through and it's good that I can reflect back on my life from before and realize that this isn't what I want for myself anymore. So hopefully it can give you a bit of a motivational push to try to fix it as well. And of course it's not just as easy as deciding to change and being able to change. It will take time and it will take effort and consistency and self-love of course. But just remember that you are not alone and people can relate to what you're going through so don't be afraid to ask for help. Uh, It is scary to think that some people may have that judgment and that's what I'd certainly feared, getting, you know, fear of judgment, rejection, being criticized. That was all big major fears that I had to open up and express how I was feeling. But there is people out there that understand what you are going through and will want to help you. So just look out for those types. And if you don't feel like you have one of those, I'm here too. And I hope as my Discord group grows as well, you can find a lot of like-minded people that want to make these changes and benefit themselves. And improve their quality of life, of course. So I've broken up this episode into three parts of how my eating disorder has affected my life. So I have how it affected my life with my behaviours, my physical self and my mental self. So I will start with behaviours. So as I had bulimia, one of the, well, the main behaviour that I had was always vomiting after I go to the toilet. And at the beginning, I really just vomited and it was loud and clear. I could have been at a at a concert, the singer, just vomiting. Like, it would just be so loud. I didn't know what I was doing, so I was very vocal about it. But as time went on, I developed a way to make myself quieter and go unnoticed because I was afraid if anyone knew what I was going through that they would, you know, as I said before, try to, I mean, judge me, criticize me, 
or try to help me as well. I didn't, I wasn't ready for that. I was scared of getting bigger and what would change in my life because I felt that control when I did vomit. So I would always check the scales and my body size. One thing I remember doing just about my like body weight, mum took me to the shops to get a new shirt and she wanted to get me size eight instead of size six because she knew that I was like much smaller than I used to be. So she said, just in case I get bigger, I have the extra room so I don't have to, you know, get so many new shirts because I started buying all my clothes in size sixes and I just had to not have anything bigger than that because it made me feel uncomfortable and stressed out because to me that meant that I was too big, which is not true at all. I wasn't able to clearly see what health was and to me at the time healthy was being skinny and the way I was looking after myself was definitely not being healthy. So yeah, anyway, so mum wanted to get me the size 8 and I started having a panic attack. I literally, I still remember it, I was freaking out, I was crying, I was stressed about being considered bigger in my own head especially, just my mind, my eating disorder was telling me, if you get a size 8 that means you're going to be too big, just giving me all this grief, all this extra stress that didn't need to be there. And, and it, being size 8 isn't even big, that's so insane to me now how I was so convinced that being a bigger size up was a bad thing. Any size is not too big. No one should have to put themselves down for what size clothing they have. Um, so yeah, and anyways, I remember after she bought it because mum got the size eight, I went and returned it and exchanged the size to size six. And I gave away all of my clothes that were any size bigger than a size six. And now it's <laughs> kind of left me in a pickle now because I'm not a size six anymore because, you know, I've gotten a bit more healthy. Not to say that size sixes aren't healthy, but my size six version of myself was not healthy. So, yeah, once I had increased a bit in size, I had no clothes to wear anymore and had to get even more. So good times. But I understand that at the time I saw it as if I had these clothes in my closet that there was this big fear that I would get bigger, so I chucked it all out as if trying to hide the fact that it's possible. I was too afraid of it. And in some stores as well, I was a size 4, but there's not always size 4s in stores. So when I could find that there was a size 4 and I could fit into it, I would feel a temporary relief and it would kind of just represent to me that I was getting smaller, but not small enough. Nothing was ever small enough, which is the bad thing because it just lowered my self-worth and self-love to what, what weight it said on the scale and also what size clothing I was, which is just ridiculous. I, I forgot where I heard this, but somewhere says you don't, you don't get mad at your foot for being a size whatever, but you seem to get mad at yourself for what size clothes you wear. And that really stuck with me because it's true. I'm not mad at my, my feet for looking the way it does. <laughs> Funny fact about my feet. I used to, I'm not my feet in particular, but just feet. I used to not like feet. Now they're cool. Love feet. Um, but I used to not like feet very much. So I would tell people that I had a foot fetish, but I meant a foot phobia. But I constantly got it wrong. But respect to you if you have a foot fetish. That is awesome. Uh, but yes, when it was definitely not what I was trying to put out there, I was definitely saying the wrong thing. But we, we love feet now. But yeah, I guess it was a bit of a tongue twister for me.
Another thing that I would do is say, when people would ask me, how do you eat so much food and you're still so skinny? My default response was, oh, I think I have a fast metabolism. I didn't even know that having a fast metabolism could mean staying skinny when you eat so much food, but someone had asked me that uh, at some point when I got really small and I, it just kind of stuck and I thought, okay, cool, here's my excuse. I can use this, but I don't think anyone really bought what I was saying, but yeah, it worked for me at the time and I guess it stopped further questions being asked, so it was good enough for me. But other than that, I don't really know what I would have said because I was too afraid to say that I have an eating disorder. I couldn't even admit that I had an eating disorder, so it was like I had even convinced my own brain that I have a fast metabolism, which is not true. It was me taking the food back out of me. So although I was being asked these questions because I was eating a lot when I was with people, like if I went out for like a dinner or something, I would eat a generous portion. But when I was by myself, I ate even more, like times three more. It was crazy, crazy, crazy amounts. And I don't even think saying times three more is enough to describe how much I was eating. Like I'd go as far as saying times 10. I really don't even know if that's exaggerated. Like it was so much food. Like the amount that I spent on Uber Eats a week was insane, insane. If I was by myself, I would just eat, 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 eat. And I was just so reliant on feeling that little bit of control when I would vomit or, you know, when I would, yeah, get the food out of me that I also had a lot of impulsive behaviors that I would take part of. Like, especially when I used to go out, I would binge eat and then I would vomit it all out until I could taste the acid and then I would go and excessively drink. Another impulsive behavior I, behavior I had and it just sent me on a wild rampage and I was also at a stage having, uh, what are they called, antidepressants when I was drinking all this amount. On an empty stomach after having binged ate and had already such a, <laughs> a low self-confidence so that was not fun and I didn't know any better at the time, but you do not mix antidepressants with alcohol especially. Yeah, not the best combination, but I've come out stronger on the other end and will hope, would hope to help you get through stuff like this too. Or hopefully avoid it. But I feel like all of my experiences that I've gone through has led me to where I am today. And wanting to spread the love and like be supportive and helpful to other people. And yeah, I just feel like I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have to learn from mistakes and heal from it all too. One important thing that I will say though is it is so important to want to make changes for yourself and not other people. When I didn't have much self-love, I would try to heal myself for other people and it just wasn't sustainable because if I don't want to do it for myself, I'm the one that has to do it. And although I love and care for all these other people if I don't love and care for myself it's a struggle to overcome all these behaviors because I felt that bit of relief when I would take part in these behaviors so yeah as much as I tried to do it for someone else I found that I was only able to start healing once I was doing it for myself and that honestly was one of the hardest things to come to as well because I had to develop self-love to actually want to help myself and for a long time, as often as I said, oh, I'm gonna try, you know, get better, I couldn't. And it's not that I didn't want to, it's just I didn't have what it took to do it. 
which is self-love. So stay tuned for a podcast on self-love. I would also try to eat a lot of my binging portions. Well, all of my portions were binging, but my extra, extra excessive binging portions at nighttime once my family had gone to bed. So I was kind of hiding. I was ashamed. I didn't want people to see how much I was eating, especially when it was the largest amounts. So when I would go out for lunches or dinners, as I said, I would eat big portions. But when I was by myself, it was, oh my gosh, out of control. And I knew that I didn't have control when I ate all that food, but I felt that control once I vomited it out, which is what I thought I needed to have that control. But that's not where I was getting the control. When I got the control is when I tried to stop the binge eating and the vomiting. And so another behavior when I was out or actually at home, just literally after I ate, I would always go to the toilet afterwards, straight after every meal, especially when I went out, I would be at the toilet after the meal. I gotta quickly go to the toilet (laughs) and I'd come back and feel that relief. And then when I was at home, I did always make sure to go to the toilet, but because I was in such such a food coma state, I would have to wait a bit sometimes because I felt like I physically could not get up because I was in so much pain, both physically and mentally. I just felt sick, so full and so ashamed of myself. And yeah, my whole life revolved around me trying to make my eating disorder undetected. So some of the physical symptoms that I had was my sudden weight loss, of course. I talked about this in my first episode of the podcast. But yeah, it was quite a significant amount of weight that dropped within a year or maybe even half a year it was. And I had such a, once again, temporary satisfaction hearing people say, oh my gosh, you've, you've lost so much weight. Oh my goodness. Uh, saying you've lost so much weight isn't even necessarily a good thing, but to me it was at the time. In my head, I was like, yeah, that's fucking right. But nope, it was not a good thing at all. And the more I heard it, the more it motivated me to lose even more. My weight would actually constantly change as well. Like sometimes it would go up just the tiniest bit and I would freak out and then I would have drops in like kilograms and yeah, very, very volatile in how I would lose or gain weight. But overall, I was a very small and just getting weaker and weaker. Like I can look back at some of my photos and be like, fuck, how on earth? earth did I think that I was big it's it's crazy and of course I'm happy that I can look back now and say that I wasn't at a healthy stage of my life Uh, but yeah it's a bit sad as well to think that I had such little self-worth and self-love that I didn't even see what was going on or how I looked like for real but we're stronger on the other end so that's a good thing I feel like I've always had horrible sleep but So I'm not even sure if this is quite related to my eating disorder, but I had very bad sleep. I still do, so I'm not sure if that's just my body catching up, but I had an iron infusion when my um, eating disorder was prime time. I was just so weak and so dizzy, so tired all the time. And yeah, my iron was really low, so I had an iron infusion and I felt a little better for a little bit, but sleep wise anyways, but yeah, not for that long. And I don't know if my body is still catching up, but I still find myself quite tired a lot. Like, holy fuck, the amount of coffee did I drink? It was... I'll have to find some of the videos that I took because I used to work at a medical center and the doctors would be like, what the fuck? Stop, stop. 
you're putting way too much coffee and sugar in my coffees. I, I literally had about like six to eight coffees a day with like, I'm not even joking, like three to four humongous tablespoons, tablespoons of instant coffee. And I would literally be running around the place for a little bit, like, like watch out if you bump into me, you'll get knocked over by just how fast I would run around and talk. Um, yeah, but it would eventually wear off and I would be very tired and slow again, which is what made me very addicted to coffee as well. Now I have about one or maybe two a day. We love coffee, no hating coffee, but yes, I was definitely using it for the wrong reasons and I was abusing it. I was also so dehydrated all the time. Probably had a bit to do with how much coffee I was consuming as well, but yeah, I definitely was very thirsty all the time and I feel like I barely even had water because I was filling myself up with so much coffee. So so yeah, maybe that one has a bit more to do with the coffee, but just chucking it out there. That's something I felt physically. Uh, physically, I also had a lot of bruises and like I was just so fragile, weak and fragile. I would fall over sometimes as well. I used to be a bit clumsy, uh, but yeah, I just like instant scarring. And I think it's just because maybe I was skin and bones. It was very easy for me to bruise up. I also felt extremely faint very often. So very dizzy. Um, I would have my ears ringing and then I started like kind of not quite seeing double, but just very blurry vision. And I think only not too many times would I actually faint, but I got very, very close to it quite a few times, especially when, um, like sometimes I'd just be sitting there and start feeling a bit dizzy and need, have the need to faint. But other times it was happening a lot when I was, you know, sitting up or lying down. But otherwise it was happening very frequently when I was like sitting or lying down and then I'd get up and I'd just like, whew, have to like hold on to something because... It was very heightened and very like I think it was almost every time I would lie down or sit up I would instantly feel faint. My teeth also hurt a lot and became very sensitive. Yeah and I think it was because excessive vomiting wears down teeth enamel and your esophagus so that's something I had to learn the hard way and now I feel like my teeth are extra sensitive and yeah, my periods also became really infrequent and I never knew when it was coming. It always came at least once a month, I think, but uh, not for very long and very infrequent timing. So yeah, I was never prepared. And although I did think it was a bit unusual that I wasn't having regular periods, unfortunately at the back of my mind, I was a bit relieved because to me that meant I had a low body weight. But now looking back, I know that that was my body asking for help. Also, my stomach and my heart pain was so, 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 so painful. Um, I, sometimes it was unbearable that I would just be like holding it, holding that body part and just crying of pain. Like, ah, I just, it hurt and oh, sometimes worse than others. But yeah, there would just be like quite a frequent pulse of pain. And sometimes it just stayed. It wasn't like a pulse. It was just there. So painful. Um. And that didn't go away for a little bit when I was recovering. So, yeah, I'm glad that I don't feel it as much anymore. But, oh, man, was that horrible. And I knew that that was because of my eating disorder. And I still did not have the strength to stop it at the time. But I knew deep down that that is why it was. And even when I went to the doctor, I 
would not say that I have an eating disorder. I would just try to see if there's anything I could do without having to admit that I was struggling. Eventually, I did tell my doctor that I had an eating disorder, but I tried to avoid that as much as possible when I was not willing to heal. But yeah, remember to listen to your body when your mind is telling you something else or is not or is trying to push away the other signs. Like, I, I really did know deep down that something was wrong, but and my body was literally crying to me, telling me, t- telling me that something is wrong, and... I refused to listen for a very long time. Yeah, and I would also have difficulties concentrating and my salivary get gland... Ugh, sorry, I started touching it whilst I was saying that, so I got caught. Um, my saliva glands were also very, like, swollen and in pain a lot of the times. And because I'd be sticking... Oh, actually, another thing that I had. Um, I started getting rashes on the side of my mouth at a stage because I was so frequently vomiting that the marks... Um, from like my fingers had caused a rash and oh it got so bad at some stages I had to like put like special cream on it and stuff like that and another weird thing that I swear I had was always feeling either really cold or really hot it was like no in between very strange I also used to carry around with me uh, little like gum packets or mouth sprays just because I would be going to the toilet so much. I even carried a toothbrush around with me just so I could clean my teeth afterwards. It just literally my whole life revolved around making sure I could sustain uh, binge and purge without being noticed. And yeah, I'd always be checking the mirror, just so caught up on what my body looked like. And I lost so much weight and became such a smaller body size at the beginning but after a while I was still vomiting just as much if not more but my body started fluctuating in size even more frequently that I would get bigger at some stages and if uh, I remember being told like oh it looks like you're putting on a bit of weight now holy fuck would that kill me on the inside I it stressed me out so much that I don't even know if it was possible, but I tried to vomit out even more. Like, I was vomiting out every single meal that I had until I could taste that acid back in my mouth because I knew that that meant all the food was out of me. That was possible. And I would cry at the toilet when I would not be able to taste that acid because, to me, that meant that not all of it was out. So, yeah, my weight wasn't always as small as I thought it would be as well. Like, I would, my body would just change in size so frequently. Oh, and of course I was extremely dizzy and just feeling extra ill after I vomited, especially when it was really, really... There were some times when I would vomit where it felt so violent and vicious that I would have to, like, lie or sit... Not lie, I'm not lying on the toilet floor, but I just mean, like, my head would kind of be over the toilet bowl because I needed to sit down before I felt like I was going to faint. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And for the psychological effects that I had... I always felt really stressed, anxious, no self-worth. I felt really isolated because obviously I was keeping it to myself for a very long time that I had an eating disorder, that I just felt so trapped in my own self-destructing thoughts that I had no one to talk to about. So yeah, it really closed me up from the rest of the world. I had such a fear of putting on weight that it consumed all of my thoughts and I was just always constantly thinking about my weight and my body shape and size. And I might have seemed happy on the outside, but on the inside I was always depressed and always sad and just always, always, always worrying about what my body looked like. Like I literally could have seemed fine on the outside and that I was making positive changes, getting smaller. But in reality, I feel like if I saw someone that had just suddenly dropped in weight I would just first of all check if they're okay and that's just because I've gone through it and it it might not always be from for a good reason that all this weight has been dropped so yeah just having personal experience with a sudden weight drop I don't think my approach would be oh my goodness you lost so much weight you look amazing oh my god God, God." it would be more checking up to see if they're okay first And if your approach has been going up to people and saying they look great for all the lost weight, I don't think it's for ill intent or anything like that. It's just maybe you haven't been through it before or maybe it's not the first thing you think of. Or maybe you just honestly think they look amazing and you're trying to share the love. Yeah, hopefully, maybe if you notice something like that, it's always good to check up and make sure whoever it is is doing okay. I would also be very irritated and very frustrated all the time. Uh, all, All the little things even especially actually especially comments to do with my weight I would get very easily defensive and either try to cover up why I'm so skinny or I would just be offended that something like this could even be brought up I'm trying to think of an example oh so of course there was if I would be questioned as to how I could eat so much food like aren't you full I would suffer about that in silence because I didn't want to overreact or say too much just in case I gave anything away And when I'd be told that I was wasting food, that more hurt than frustrated me. It did frustrate me, but I think I was more sad about it because it it was very hard for me hearing stuff like this when I was already when I was already struggling to tell anyone what I was going through. 
and being told that I was wasting food to me it just felt like I no one understands why I'm doing what I'm doing so it just it really discouraged me from trying to seek help because I was scared of just being told that I'm wasting food and have to stop and I understand why it was seen as wasting food to a point of view of someone that hasn't gone through what I was going through but yeah if you've heard that before or maybe you can just understand why I was so sad by comments by that I'm sure you can understand why it was tough but yeah wasting food was always a kick in the butt because I didn't see it like that and because I was so heightened with anxiety all the time in many parts of my life I was just this ball a big ball of anxiety and yeah I would assume the worst and everything I felt like I didn't have any trust any sense of what reality was like honestly I just I was living in my own imagination I was living in an imaginary world that I had invented in my head and it wasn't a nice imagination it wasn't like I was in a land of pixies and fairies I was in a land of everyone hates me I'm the worst I don't deserve to be here I'm anxious I'm just everyone's lying to me oh my gosh just Besides that, it was just all self-hatred comments, all targeted at me and what is wrong with me and why I am the worst. I had absolutely no idea what reality was. My imagination was just all my fears combining and telling me things that weren't true. And yes, of course, there was a lot of things in my life that I needed to change, but it doesn't mean that I should be telling myself all the reasons why I shouldn't be here and why I deserve to feel the way that I do. So if you are telling yourself stuff like this, Turn it around. I know it may seem like you don't deserve it, and like that's what at least your head is telling you, but it is not true. You are beautiful. Everybody makes mistakes. It's about learning from them and doing better for yourself. You can do it. So yeah, my my thoughts was just so distorted and so far from the truth. And that was with the world around me, but also with how I saw myself. Like I would look in the mirror. If I didn't see my ribs, I would hate myself and just say, you've got it too big. Or even if I saw the ribs, it just it still wasn't good enough. I needed to then focus on what the number said on the scale and I had to be lighter than that. It was just a never-ending cycle of be smaller, be lighter, hate yourself more. You're only going to love yourself once you are small and light enough, which is not true at all. And yeah, I just had such a low self-esteem that I was dependent on all these impulsive behaviours to keep me distracted from what my life really was all these impulsive behaviors I was a part of was the only way that I could escape from how I really felt on the inside so yeah for example every time I vomited that temporary relief was my temporary escape from how I felt about myself and how I saw myself I also lost hope of ever healing or wanting to heal I didn't think that I could because I was so comfortable in that temporary relief that I couldn't imagine a world without it and I couldn't imagine a world where I would be getting a bit bigger in size which is what made me not want to heal either because I didn't want to get any bigger but I didn't believe that it wasn't about what size clothes you were or what weight you were it was that was the focus that's what you had to be it had to be the smallest possible like I thought if it wasn't the smallest or lightest amount it meant that I was big which is not true but yeah my head was living in this fucked up reality that wasn't actually reality it was my imagination and what I'd been telling myself so try to ask yourself is this my imagination or is this reality and yeah I just feel like I was so lost as a person 
And I had a lot of mood swings where when I would, you know, just after vomiting or, you know, maybe seeing that I'd lost a kilo, I would have that little bit of happiness. But it wasn't, it was more relief than happiness, I'd say. But other than that, I would just be constantly caught up on my anxious feelings and thoughts that anything would kind of scare me or put me into a bad place mentally more than it already was. And another thought that I had, as I mentioned before, but was just about making sure, like as soon as I finished eating, all of my thoughts would be, go to the toilet, go to the toilet, nothing else. I Like if I was out with a friend, my conversation, like I'd be taking part in the conversation, but in the back of my mind, it's just saying, go to toilet, go to toilet, say now, you got to go to toilet now, 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 now. So I hope if you are listening to this and you can relate in some way, shape or form, that you can hear how I'm talking about this and that this is a podcast about the unhealthy behaviours and thoughts that I had. Nothing of it was a good thing for me and I'm sure it's not for you either. Uh, It's a hard truth to accept. I feel like one of the biggest things you can do is actually accept and acknowledge that you were struggling because if you can't accept it, how can you try to fix something that you haven't even identified as a problem? And I remember when I got to one of my lowest points, I decided to gain that courage to research what would happen to me like the health consequences of my eating disorder and uh, I it only make it only grew more fear in me and I started to have extra fear and extra extra guilt as well because then when I'd vomit I'd be like look what it's going to do to you it's going to hurt you even more and this is when it comes down to self-love because I It wasn't enough for me to want to stop the binge and the purge. I still was more concerned about what my body looked like, that all these detrimental health consequences still wasn't enough for me. And I'd say that's one of the scariest parts looking back because I just did not have enough care for myself to put proper value and concern into what it could do to me. So I really do hope that if you are listening to this and you can relate to what I'm saying, that you might want to try to take a chance on yourself and try to self-love. I currently have videos on my TikTok about how I grew my self-love, but I'll make a full podcast on it in more depth. It is so important to put your mental health and physical health before anything else. It may seem to you that the most important thing is how small you are or how light the scale seem says you are. I mean, I felt the same for so, so long. And it's a scary thing to think that that's not going to be your biggest priority anymore. But think of all those horrible and sad feelings that you associate with your body and yourself. It's, it's, it's not worth it. And... And I look back and it's sad that I did not care enough about all these very scary symptoms and effects that, that life effects that would happen to me if I kept doing what I was doing. It was long enough as it was and it was painful enough as it was and it still wasn't enough. That's why I'm saying that putting yourself first and not doing it for anyone else but yourself is so important because it's not going to get done otherwise or at least it may get a bit better but you aren't going to start healing and love yourself. It's just going to be for that love you have for someone else. And that is awesome that you have that care for someone else, that you want to change something in you, but you need to do it in, within yourself. And it is scary, I understand. But we want to get to the stage where we can look in the mirror 
and give ourselves a compliment rather than tell ourselves 10,000 things that looks wrong with us. Can you try and do that maybe today? Just go into the mirror and at least say something nice, anything, even if it's I have a nice eye color, just something. Look at yourself and give yourself something good to say about you. It is easier said than done, that is for sure. But you have support, you have me, you have all these people that I'm sure care for you and want the best for you. So the biggest tip that I have to begin your recovery journey is just to admit to yourself that you were struggling and then to someone else. Surround yourself with people that you feel like will care for you. That's really important as well. One thing is being scared enough to open up and talk about what you are struggling with, but then if you feel like there's no one around you that you feel will truly support and care for your your health and your well-being, then it's going to make it even harder. So look out for the people that you know actually are there to support and care for you. That is really, 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 really crucial and good for you as well. You are not alone, okay? I'm here for you, there are people that care and love for you, and most importantly, you need to be there for yourself, okay? So, so take away from this that everything I've mentioned are unhealthy habits that I had, and I can look back at and say that they weren't good for me, and they all worked together to bring me down and sink me and drown me in my own self-destructive thoughts, patterns, and behaviors. So, I'm trying to bring some awareness to all the bad things that... I felt and put myself through so that if you can relate, you can try to establish as well that they aren't good behaviors for you. And maybe you have already and just needed a bit more of a push or inspiration to hear that these aren't good for us. They're not healthy behaviors. They are not healthy behaviors. Think of the person you love most in this world. If you thought of them doing all of this, how would you respond? Like, what would you want to do for them? It's not a nice feeling, of course, and you'd want to help them. So give that same help that you would want to give to someone else, to yourself. Because you were beautiful and you were strong and you were worth the self-love and you were worth the health and the happiness. So use this as your sign to reflect on your behaviors and your patterns and ask yourself, is this helping me? And remember the important question I asked myself, if you haven't listened to the other podcast, this is it. I asked myself, what is more important, being skinny or feeling self-love, feeling self-worth, not being so fucking anxious all the time. My eating disorder affected how I saw myself. It affected my relationship with myself. It affected my relationship with other people, especially the ones closest to me. Because I was taking out all that anxiety, all that fear, all that resentment I had for myself on them. And that's not fair. I was taking it out on people that just cared for me and wanted the best for me and weren't doing anything wrong. And I'm just here like, oh my gosh, I can't trust. I'm imagining all this, that I'm in a fucking other world. And to me, it literally was my reality, but it wasn't. It was my imagination. We don't want to lose people that care about us truly because we can't even acknowledge what we're doing to ourselves. Okay, put yourself and your health first. Because remember, energy flows where attention goes. Energy flows where attention goes. If I'm thinking all the shitty things about myself, my whole life is revolved around how horrible I think of myself and my body, my weight, just everything about me. I will only make my whole life about that. And I did. 
I closed myself out from the world and then the people that I actually let in weren't even 100% in because I was struggling with my own battle and then taking it out on everyone else and me of course but I decided I didn't want to live a life anymore where I was just constantly in fear and anxious and yes I still get anxious sometimes but that's why I go to my meditation now and just to help me calm down and just try to think more rational and be more calm and think with love and trust don't think with fear think with love put that on a pillowcase don't think with fear think with love and be kind to yourself. And I was so stuck in my own world that I was lashing out at other people, which of course I didn't want to do, but that's why it's so important to try to put yourself first and get that self-love and want to fix how you're feeling in your head because all of those negative, anxious, fear-driven fear feelings that I was going through was just my whole life and it was being spread to the people around me and that's not fair and... I have so much love and care for the people close to me, but it wouldn't have se seems like that at all. So that was a big wake up call for me and I want you to try to have a look and see maybe are you lashing out at someone that's close to you? Are you taking out all your insecurities and fears onto the people that you love the most? Because they are there to help you and you are only going to drive them away if you keep hurting them because you are hurting yourself. It's a sad reality, but I was in my own imagined world for so long that I want to try to help you get out of it sooner rather than later. And now I apologize to my body for how I treated it. I apologize to my mind about how I spoke to it. And we're going to get you to that stage too, where we can flip you from thinking and saying all these horrible things to yourself and for hurting yourself to loving yourself and being able to apologize and reflect and see what you did wrong and how you can be better in the future. I'm sending so much love to you. I hope that you can take something away from this and reflect on your life and want to make those changes too. You are beautiful inside and out. And of course, there's always going to be things that you can work on to improve yourself and level up in life. But if you are sitting there constantly just saying everything that you hate about yourself, that isn't going to benefit you very much. Instead, if you want to improve things in your life, think about what could I do better to improve my life and my well-being. But if you have the attitude that you're not going to get better and that this is just who you are, this shitty person, that is not true, first of all. You can change anything as long as you put your mind to it. It's not going to be easy, but if you can acknowledge that there's something in your life that you want to change, that you want to change, you can change it and you have support and the most important thing that you can do is acknowledge what needs to be changed and do something about it. Try to make those little steps every day, whatever it is. Start with the small things and number one is acknowledging it, of course. Look at whatever it is in your life that you want to change and think of the little things that you can do every day to start making a difference. Like say you feel so unorganized and cluttered in your mind and you just feel like you can't concentrate very well. Have a look at your workspace. Like what do you do in the mornings? Maybe one small thing that you can start doing every day to get a start on is making your bed after you wake up. I feel like when I make my bed, I feel so much clearer in the brain and I'm just more ready to take action. So maybe if you're in an environment where you're kind of messy and it's just not very organized, try give it a clean. Maybe that will help. But of course, that's just one little example. There are so many other things that you can do to benefit your life. So you have support. I'm here for you. Sending so much love to you all. And yeah, that is the end of this episode.
reflect on anything that I've said today and try to apply it in your own life and realize maybe that's something that I do need to change because I'm here to help you get through this and whatever else it may be. But anyways, I hope you have a wonderful day. You are amazing, you are beautiful, and you are loved. I'm sending so much love and support to you and yes, take care and remember to eat with Ali. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.